All right, this is our last installment. Cool. Well, welcome back to Shady Grove Middle School. Um, if you joined us in Re at Redland, uh, maybe this, you, you consider that the home location. This is actually our home location. Um, so welcome here. How many, show of hands, your first time at Shady Grove Middle School with us? Okay, that's, that's a good amount. That's a good amount. How many prefer uh, Rutland over Shady Grove so far? What, what do you feel? You, you like Rutland better? Show of hands. Shady Grove. Who's Shady Grove? Vote in Shady Grove. Well, okay, good, good. We're in the right place. All right. And the AC is working. Praise the Lord. Let's praise him for that. All right. Yes. All right. <laughs> well, welcome to Highlight Church. Let's give honor to our first-time guests. We thank you so much for joining us. We are excited you're here. And... Um, and we just praise God for you. Uh, if this is your first time, we've been in a series called Summer Bliss. We've been going through the book of Philippians. Uh, I'll give you a little context here in a second. But we've taken about, this is week 10 of studying this book. And I don't know about you, but it's been a great series. But I'm, I'm ready to move on to, to new things. Ready to move on to new things. And so join me in Philippians 4. Uh, 10. We're going to start at verse 10. And so God, God is testing my Bible prowess because I don't have a, a bookmark in this Bible. Where's Philippians? Here it is. There it is. Philippians 4. I know, I know my Bible. All right. All right. All right. All right. So here it is. Uh, this is Paul writing to the church in Philippi. He says, how I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned about me. He's talking to the church. Paul is currently in a Roman prison. He's on house arrest during the day. and at, uh, No, I'm sorry. He has some liberty while on house arrest during the day. At night, he is chained to a guard, and he's in prison for sharing Jesus Christ, for spreading the gospel, the good news about who Jesus is. If you have not started to receive persecution as a believer, or if you have not begun to lose friends as a believer, I question your beliefs. Um, so that, that just kind of comes with the territory. One day I'm, I'm going to preach a message called, It's Okay for Them Not to Like You Anymore. It's okay. It's all right. All right. It'll be all right. One day they'll be coming to you. Okay. All right, so I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. And so he says, verse 11, sorry, not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. That word content there means satisfied. Paul had learned how to be satisfied after 25 years of missionary work over 10,000 miles by foot, and by ship, um, divers, divers means many, many trials and tribulations. Paul says, I've learned how to be satisfied. And he learned the satisfaction through a relationship with Jesus Christ. He said, I have all things in Christ. I don't, I don't need anyone. I don't need a thing. I have all things in Christ. He had to learn this satisfaction. And he says this here, uh, I, verse 12, I know how to live on almost nothing. Or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation. 
whether it's with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. What is Paul saying? Paul is saying, I've learned how to be humble when I'm on the mountaintop. I've learned how to be inspired and encouraged when I'm in the valley low. Um, This reminds me of Psalm 23, verse 1, where it says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. So, like, number one, God's presence is always with me. And number two, I don't need anything from you. So the church in Philippi, they're sending Paul a financial gift uh, while in prison. He was able to use money. And so they're sending him a financial gift. But he's pretty much like, I'm stoked about it, but I really don't need it. I'm going to use it, but I don't need it. Like, I'm good. I don't need it. So I've, I've learned how to be content. Um, and so he says this here. And uh, he says, I've learned how to be blah, blah, blah. Verse 13, the almighty, all-time favorite uh, Christian verse and Christ- Christendom. Verse 13, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Don't we love that verse? Uh, don't we use that verse? But we use it out of context. We, we use it as some kind of, I'm going to bust through a wall and do all things. No, you're not. That's why you're in church praising like this. Amen. So, so I thought Christ could do all things. Why are you like this? Uh, 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 Monday, uh, Tuesday. I can do all. Uh, you can't do all things through Christ. You're using it out of context. The context of this verse here is contentment. What he's saying is whether I have nothing or whether I have everything, I'm still going to obey God, I'm going to serve God, I'm going to love God, and I'm going to get what God has for me. That's what he's saying. I'm satisfied with Jesus. I'm satisfied in my singleness. I'm satisfied with my pay grade. I'm satisfied with who I am because I have everything in Christ. And he says this here, verse 14, Even so you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. He tells the church, look, I don't need it, but I'm, a, I'm more excited for the fact that you participated. I'm more excited for the fact that you gave. And to take it a step further, I'm excited for how it's going to benefit your life. That's, that's what I'm, I'm excited for, how it's going to benefit your life. Uh, we started the church in October 2016, and, uh, man, those were, those were the interesting days. Uh, we had 13000 in the bank account as a church, and we started this church. And I have friends, man. They have million-dollar budgets when they start churches, and, or they've been handed a church, and so they got staff already, and they have a quarter-million-dollar margin in the checking, and they can— they're going to hire two people tomorrow, and I'm like, oh, Lord, when are we ever going to hire a third person? Um, and so we started this church with uh, $11,000. Uh, everything, <laughs> everything you see here, these four monitors, all beaten up, praise God. And um, so I left two grand in the account just in case we needed a month's margin, you know, to, to pay the rent. So, you know, you never know if you're going to make it or, or not. Um, 88% of church plants don't make it past year two. And um, 80% of churches in America are 70% attendance or less. Thank God we are, uh, we are not in that 
eighty percent. We're in the top twenty-five as a church in less than a year and a half. So, oh, okay, yes. I'm feeling good about today. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take my time today. I've given y'all. Kyra gave you thirty. You gave them thirty minutes. The last time I preached, it was thirty minutes. So lock and load. We're in the sucker for a 45, 50 minute message. And so, um, once again, those were the days of the heart knock. So we had U-Haul and we packed all of our stuff in the U-Haul. Everything was ratchet strapped and everything was just kind of loose and dangly and knocking up against each other and all this stuff. And, um, we just did not have the resource to properly store those items. And so, um, it was tough. It was tough. So I got a phone call um, in December from a friend. His name is uh, Pastor Jimmy Rollins. He's at I-5 Church in Glen Burnie, Maryland. And um, he said, uh, it was December of 2016, and he said, Merry Christmas. He said, Merry Christmas. I said, um, it's not Christmas yet. We're 20 days out from Christmas. What do you mean? And um, he said, uh, well, we have been blessed by God to move into our permanent building. We've been portable for about six years. So anyone asking when are we going to be permanent, just lock and load. We're going to be here for about six or seven years. God has to test our character before he allows us to just show up at 9 a.m. and to serve. No, he wants us to tear all this stuff down and, 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 and all that. So uh, he called me and he said, well, I'm giving away a lot of stuff and... In particular, I'm giving away road cases, and uh, we're going to go ahead and pop up the the U-Haul days on the screen. Um, Now, you can slow it down. This is how we were, go back to that first one, when Pastor Jimmy uh, called us, go to the next one, that's that's better. I mean, everything was just kind of everywhere. I mean, you see our speakers. This, the, speak, the sound system alone was nine grand, and everything else was four grand. Kids, stuff. Keep going here, Chris. Um, those were the crates we were putting things in. I mean, it was terrible. It, those were our uh, flat screen TVs right here, right corner in the boxes. It was ridiculously terrible. And so he called us. He said, you know, I got some road cases, and um, if you guys can get here, get here as soon as possible, you can have anything that you want, however many you need. So later on that day, we sent Chris and Lance over, and they tagged about 13 road cases. Now, mind you, a road case is anywhere between $1,000 and $20,000 a piece, depending on how it's customized. Um, So one road case can cost our entire budget for doing what we do here as a church. And so we were able to go and tag 13 road cases, and this is the result of it. Chris, you can pull it up. Instead of everything being everywhere, now, praise God, we have organization. We have just God blessed us. Within six weeks of our church's existence, we went to the U-Haul to organize everything, and we praise God for it. What was interesting more so, though, is uh, Pastor Jimmy was going through some health issues, and um, Last year, uh, that year, 2016, first half of 2017, it was just uh, tough for him. But uh, the fall, about a year after they gave us our, our uh, equipment, 
the fall to the winter of 2017, everything turned the corner for them. Uh, his health increased. Uh, Pastor Irene, who is his wife, her ministry exploded through the roof. I-5 Church is growing exponentially out in Glen Burnie, and they're doing a phenomenal job in that city. Um, they're traveling the world and all that stuff. So I was stoked about the equipment, but I've been more so uh, overjoyed for their, how, how blessed that they've been. How blessed that, you know, they've been, been over the past few months and how God has moved in their lives because of their generosity, because they chose to be a blessing. Uh, and I'm sure we were not the only church that they gave to freely when they could have sold that stuff. They just, they were giving away thousands of dollars of equipment and they just gave it to us. And now as a result, their lives have exploded, went through the roof. And so I want to bring a message to you entitled, Be the blessing. Be the blessing. Paul says, you have done well to share with me. You have done well to share with me. That word there, share, means to uh, participate for someone else's benefit. He says, you've done well to share. You've done well to participate in my benefit. God commends it. Heaven is taking a note of it. God sees it. You, you are going to be blessed as individuals. You're going to be blessed as a church because you have shared with me in my present difficulty. I mean, think about it. How, how much different would our lives be if our heart's desire was to benefit other people? If we woke up every morning and our, and our, and our first instinct was to, man, how can I bless somebody? How can, I, how can I serve somebody? What, what deficiency do I see in my community or at the job or in my home? Or how, how can I bless and serve someone? Being the blessing. Paul, Paul was more excited, not so for their gift. Like, I was stoked about the road cases, but we moved up here with no money. We moved up here with nine people. We moved up here with big faith. So it was already lined up for us to have what God was going to give us anyway because it was our faith that accessed what Pastor Jimmy had. We didn't need it. We were straight. We were okay. But the result of it in their lives was the key. Being the blessing. So, so I, I just want to forewarn you right now. This is a message for those who want, to, who want to go from here in their walk with Jesus to here. And I got 30 minutes to take you from here to here. From here to here. Being the blessing. When it comes to marriage, it's not about how she can bless me. It's about how I can bless her. It's not about how he can bless me. It's about how I can bless him. When it came to me and Jay Zeal and him not being my biological son, it came to how I can bless him, even though he's not my biological son. I'm called to serve him. And the result of that, oh, my God. I got a son. A smart boy, a growing boy, a good boy, bright future boy. And I get to experience that. But the more I'm focused on me, the less I get to experience God's miraculous power because I'm so focused on me. Because I won't release what's in my hand in order to receive what's in his hand. So if, today, if you want to go from here with Christ to here, we can do that. 
in 28 minutes. Are you ready? Be the blessing. When, you, when, you're, when you're determined to be a blessing, number one, you've discovered the path to greatness. You've discovered the path to greatness. I don't know anyone in this room that wants to be average or normal. If you do, we can call you to the front and lay hands on you right now. We can pray that average demon off of you, get you some salvation, some deliverance. But if you want to be great, it's about being the blessing. We think of all these great inventions, the light bulb, and praise God, the air conditioner, cars. We know Ford didn't create the car, but he changed the industry, uh, the airplane, the Wright brothers, and we think about the telephone, Alexander Bell, and we revere these individuals as legends. In a sense, lowercase g's, gods, I mean, they, they did great work, and now they're household names and all this stuff, and they went through a lot of stuff to create what it is that they created. One thing that's interesting about these individuals is that they were not focused on selling a product, they were focused on solving a problem. I'm going to say that again because that went over like 80% of the crowd's head. God is trying to deliver you today from selfishness so he can bless you. They were not focused on selling a product, they were focused on solving a problem. And because of it, they changed the world. And this is the deal right now. We have a lot of great problem spotters. <laughs> we have a lot of great problem spotters in society. Oh, man, Paul's in prison? That's a shame. <laughs> Told him to stop preaching Jesus. Oh, man, Paul's broke. Any in prison? I don't got it. I don't got it. Oh, man, Paul, Paul, he's sick. He's potentially going blind. He may have malaria. Sorry, Paul. We're great problem spotters. What, what, what she won't do and what she can't do and how she dresses and her hair and her weight and, and, and why they can't do this right and why they can't do what he won't do and why he can't do this right and why she can't do that right and that place and those people and that company and that church and this is we're great problem spotters we we uh, we have a lot of problem spotters in society but greatness greatness is accompanied by those who have set their minds and their hearts to solve problems When is the last time you've asked yourself, write this down if you're writing notes, when's the last time I've asked myself, what deficiency in my community can I meet? When's the last time you've asked yourself, how can I pray for my supervisor? How can I pray for my struggling coworker? I complain about my mom, but have I prayed with and for my mom? Have I spoke life into my mom? She's been doing it to me for 25, 30, 45, 50 years, but when have I spoke life into my mother? When have I spoke life into my father? 
problem solvers. There are needs all throughout the city, all throughout Gaithersburg and Montgomery County that God has created you to solve. You're the solution to the problem. You're the answer to the injustice. You're the healing for someone's pain, someone else's pain and the pain that they're experiencing in their hearts. You are the solution. But as long as Satan has you focused on your brokenness, as long as he have you focus on your deficiency, you're never going to break free to address and to step into the calling that God has for you because you're too focused on self. This won't get a lot of claps, but it'll grow you. It'll grow you. Problem solvers. I want to be great. I want to be top. I want to be high. Well, what have you given up in order to solve someone else's deficiency? What's in your hand that's getting in your way from serving a problem that someone else has? What's in your mind? What's that thought process that you have that's getting in your way from helping someone else get a breakthrough in them them mentally? It's discovering the path to greatness. Uh, Jesus, at one time, he was sitting, he was eating. Uh, James and John, their mother came, and they said, hey, when you die, when they die and go to heaven, can they be with you at your table? Can they sit next to you? Can they be great too? And Jesus said, "Uh, well, it's not for me to determine that. Only God the Father determines that. And so the other disciples, they became irate. Uh, Matthew 20, 24 through 28, this should be the message version. It says this, when the 10 others heard about this, they lost their tempers. Thoroughly disgusted with the two brothers. So Jesus got them together to settle things down. He said, you've observed how godless rulers throw their weight around. He was talking about people that don't know God. And he said this, how quickly a little power goes to their heads. It's not going to be that way with you. Watch this. Whoever wants to be great must become a servant. Those are the words of Christ. Whoever wants to be great, pull pull the verse down. I'm going to go back to it. I don't want people reading it because I want to press in here. Whoever wants to be great must become last. Whoever wants to be great must say, well, you know, yes, I'm having issues. Yes, I'm having trouble. Yes, I'm having problems. Yes, I'm sick. Yes, I'm broke. But you know what? I'm not dead. I'm not breathless. I'm not. I have strength. I can actually serve a problem because someone else needs me to serve a problem. And Jesus said it. You want to be great? Serve. Serve. Like, like, learn the stories of people who have been great and, and successful and learn their stories. And I bet you that somewhere along the timeline, they had to sacrifice everything in order to serve a problem and become the solution that the world needed. We want their greatness, but we don't want to sacrifice what they had to go through in order to achieve and attain that greatness. He said, I don't know, but I'm going to give you this because I'm God and I'm going to just tell you this. And he said this, whoever wants to be first among you, go ahead and pull it up. You must be your slave. This is what the son of man has done. 
He came to serve, not to be served. So God in heaven becomes God in a bot through Christ. And, and he could have came to earth and sat on a throne, high and mighty. You imbeciles. I am the God man. Get me this and get me that and get me this. Rub the dirt off. That's what he could have did. But he didn't. He, he got down. He came down and he got down. This is why when, when he was about to be born, you know, it was God's divine intervention for Mary and Joseph to show up to the hotel. We, they called it an inn. We call it a hotel. And for them to say all the rooms are blocked. All the rooms are full. So, uh, Mary, I don't know who you are. I'm the hotel manager. I don't care who you are. I'm tired. I'm ready to go home. I'm ready to get off. You can go out there uh, where the cows and the pigs use the bathroom. I don't know you're carrying God in your womb, <laughs> but you can go out there and the cows and the pigs. He, God was very intentional about that because Jesus being the greatest person to ever live, God in a bot, he was showing us how to be, how to be great. How to be great. And so instead of being up there, he, he came down here with us. And he washed the disciples' feet. And he touched lepers. You don't touch lepers. You might catch leprosy, and he touched prostitutes, and he touched addicts, and he touched liars, and he touched women who had been sleeping with five and six and seven different men. He touched them, those that the religious leaders would not touch. He touched them. He was showing us how to be great. So like, ask yourself, like, what deficiency... What issue, what problem, who's hurting, who is God calling me to reach and, and to change? And, Lord, just you even need to write this down. Lord, I don't want to do it if it involves monetary gain. I want it to be pure. I want it to be you. I want it to be your power. I want it to be strength. This is going to take you from here to here. Have that mindset. I'm going to serve at my job if they don't give me a raise for the next five years. That would be great. I was talking to my directional team the other uh, day. I'm at home, y'all, so I'm just, I'm sorry if you don't see me. Um, and uh, many of you know this story. We were talking about leadership capacity. As the church grows, we have to grow, so on and so forth. And I was telling my leaders how um, when Kyra and I were doing ministry at our old church and we were receiving government benefits because the work was full-time but the pay was less than part-time with a family of four, it was in that season where God was purifying our hearts for people. I mean, think about it. A lot of you can't live here because you've never been here. $500 every other week for a family of four. And you're, you're pastoring people. And the food stamps are $214.79. And that runs out on your first grocery drive. And it, it was that season where I could have said, 
no, I have a family to take care of. Or, no, there are people who still need me. Can, can God purify your heart? Can he do that? Can he take everything from you and you still trust him? Can, 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 he, can he put you in a prison for doing what he told you to do and, and, and you still do what he tells you to do? Can he, can he bring you to the bottom? It's the road to greatness because the great part, the great thing about it is, is it doesn't last always. The hardship doesn't last always. But who you're becoming, the dependable person you're becoming, the punctual person you're becoming, the person of excellence you're becoming, the faithful person you're becoming, the committed person you're becoming, that's where the value is, and you can't put a dollar sign on that. It's the road to greatness. It's the road to greatness. Bring up my verse. I'm going to stay down here. Uh, Philippians, go Philippians, please. We're going to have a Bible study. Philippians 4, 15 through 16. As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news. Then I traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was, what does it say here? In Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. The second point here about being a blessing is you are one of a kind. You're one of a kind. Paul, 25 years, 10,000 miles, thousands of lives changed. One church supported him in a 25-year career. I remember we were at a women's conference uh, last summer, and um, at the end there, I was able to sit with some pretty influential guys, some pastors. And I was able to share our story as a church plant. And uh, this pastor has been in the area for about 30 years or so. And uh, when I shared our story about how we moved, so on and so forth, our, our team and all that stuff, uh, by the end of the story, his mouth was dro- it had dropped. And he said, get my number. I want to financially invest into your church, and I want to become a resource um, to your life. And so uh, I got his number, and about five weeks later, he sends a check in the mail for the church of $5,000. And at that point, it was our biggest offering yet. No other church besides Pastor Jimmy with the road cases, no other church besides them had ever given into this house financially. But, but they saw where we were going. They, they saw the baptisms coming and the changed families and the changed marriages. They, 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 they saw where we were going because they were once here too. And so they sent a $5,000 check they're one of a kind. And so now next week, we're going to be going and joining them as a leadership training, uh, as a leadership team for some training they want to put us through. And this is the thing here. Lots of people are looking for blessings, but few are looking to be blessors. It reminds me of scarcity value. Scarcity value. It's the economic factor that increases an item's relative price based more upon its relative low supply. Who's out there that's looking to be a blesser? We're going to be beating a dead horse this morning. Who's out there looking to be a blesser because there's relatively low supply in the land? 
in heaven, God is in heaven, and he's like, who is out here looking to be a blesser? Who's out here looking to serve a need? Because if I can find them, they're one of a kind. And I'll tell you this. I love our first-time guests. I I love our guests who've been with us. I love those that serve, those that invite. But but you know who holds a real special part in Pastor's heart? And I, I, I even believe God, because it's all throughout the Bible, is those of you who have been doing the three I's. Our three I's are this. You invite, you're involved, and you give. You're one of a kind. You're like at disciple status. Not, not to rank you, really, but I'm just being honest. You're at disciple status. You invite. So people, you have to bring people to church. Disciples did that. You are involved. The disciples were doing that with Jesus, and you give financially. The disciples did that. And I just want to tell you, if not for you, this church does not open. If not for you, the seats are not put out. If not for you, the pipe and drape is not placed. If not for you, the kids department doesn't happen. If not for you, th- none of this happens. If not for you, the over 60, 70 baptisms, the over 100 salvations. If not for you, families are not served. If not for you, nothing gets pushed forward in this city. And this is for everyone in here, believers and unbelievers. God has not called you to become a diabetic Christian. Where we just sit in the seats and we consume, we consume, we consume, and we go back home and we complain about the same old things. The reason we're not complaining is because we're not growing. The reason we're not growing is because we're not serving. We may be giving, we may be inviting, but we're not serving, so we're not growing. We may be giving, we may be involved, but we're not inviting, so we're not growing. We may be involved, we may be giving, but we're not, whatever. The three I's. You're one of a kind. Single people, let me tell you something. Be it at this church or at any church, if you find a young man or a young lady who's inviting people to church, giving to that church, and serving at that church, you found one of a kind. You found him. You found him. That's a person that God's limitless supply will find. I'm going to show it to you. Paul's going to tell you that in a second. I'm kind of going ahead. But that's a person who the blessing will not stop falling down on. I got people leaving the front row. They go. Is this is this a good message? We're, we're finishing the series. I promise we got a new series. It's called Good News. All four weeks is going to be uplifting. But God said, I, this is what I need you to do this week. I need you to bam. I promise. I promise. Next week is about baptism. I'm teaching about that. The next week is about connecting into a light group. And then we got a four-week series called The Good News. It's about Jesus loving and healing people. But, but the way Paul, I, this is why I like preaching topically. Because I can, I can say, well, we're going to preach about faith for two months. And we can just bless you. God can do it all. God can do anything. God can, and oh, yeah, God can do anything. But when, when Paul's talking about, dang, you're the only one who gave to me, I'm at Starbucks like. 
then I'm reading commentaries, and, and other preachers are like, Paul was, uh, Paul was, I'm like, man, I got to honor what's really going on. So if we go end it off, let's, let's grow you. Let's challenge you. Let's stretch you. Let's do it. Let's do it. Can we do that? Can we stretch you? Can we challenge you? Can we not be such an offended generation? Right? Can God talk to you like this? One of a kind. If you found someone, write it down, that gives, serves, and invites people to know Jesus, you found the right one. Give them about three months. They don't get it right. Babu. Because you just, you just coming from me. You found one of a kind. Why, why am I saying this? Because Paul said, you were the only one. It's there. It's in scripture. You were the only one. You are the only one. And this is the problem. This is why it's so hard for a lot of you to believe me. I know I'm a stranger with ripped jeans and black boots and a weird blue T-shirt, whatever. The reason why it's hard for a lot of you to believe me is because in our culture and in our society now, this book is no longer the word of God. This book is just like any other book. But when you know it and when you see it as God's word, you hear it, you believe it, and you apply it. So if my pastor just said that you are not one of a kind, you ain't one of a kind. And I'm wasting my time. Philippians 4, 17 through 20. Now, this is where I bless you. You ready? All right. First time guest, I love you. Come back next Sunday. Here we are. Verse 17. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Here it is. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. At the moment, I have all I need. There he is again and more. I'm starting to not believe Paul. I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me with Epaphroditus. They are sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. And the same God, here it is, here's the promise, here's the word of God. You've got to get this. Don't just sit there with your hand on your chin and look at me crazy. You better get this promise right now because you're wondering why you lack and you ain't lacking nothing. Here it is, Epaphroditus, they are sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. And this same God who takes care of me, this is the, great, the greatest preacher to ever live. He died in 66 A.D. He was a real man, the greatest apostle, the greatest pastor to ever live. Watch this promise right here. He says this, And the same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now all glory to God, our Father, forever and ever. The third point of encouragement I want to give you is that when you set your heart on being a blessing, you tap God's unlimited supply. I don't know about you, but I need that. 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 I don't know about you, but Paul began this church. Um, you can read it in Acts 16 with um, Lydia who was a maker of purple cloth. Bruce, come with me, sir. A maker of purple cloth. Come on, Art. And um, 
Can I go this way, Chris? It won't be crazy. Okay. Caught me on stage. A maker, of, a maker of purple cloth. She was a very influential woman when he went to the city of uh, Philippi, which is uh, western Greece right here. Right, right there. It's currently, stay right there, thanks. It's currently a Kavala, Greece, a very small city. And uh, there were no Christians in this town. Maybe she was, a, she was a woman who feared God, so she believed in the Jewish God, so her, therefore her heart became open to who Christ was. There were no synagogues in Philippi. A synagogue was where Jewish people went to worship. There had to be 10 Jewish men in order to start a synagogue, so there were no Jews in this town. Worship team, stay, just stay put. Don't, don't start moving. And so he starts this Bible study with a woman named Lydia. Ten years prior to writing this letter to them, Lydia receives the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so they start the church. <clears throat> and so um, then he goes on, if you read the book of Acts, so he starts Philippi in Acts 16, if you need references. Then he goes on, to, uh, Acts 17 and 18, he goes to Macedonia. Then he goes to Thessalonica. They send him financial help in Macedonia, and then they also send him financial help in Thessalonica. Right. Okay? So he just said that. He just said there. We hear about here Epaphroditus. We call him Epaph. Paphy. And Epaphroditus, historically, we know... Well, maybe I know, maybe you don't. Epaphroditus is a member of the church in, uh, in Philippi, and they send him to Paul to give the gift. But Paul, uh, Epaphroditus, I'm sorry, has two needs. Number one, historically, Epaphroditus is sick. He's ill to the point of death. So we don't know if he has malaria or whatever typhoid disease. We don't know. So he has two needs. One is he needs healing. The second need is there's a need to give. So he's journeying from Philippi to where Paul is, probably a couple hundred miles by foot, and he has a gift. He has a gift. And write this down. I just said it. He has two needs. He has the need of healing, and he has the need of giving. And so Paul is in prison, and he, he's reached Paul, and he has the decision to make. Do I keep this gift for myself, or do I give it to Paul? Do I hoard the gift and try to find another doctor who's only going to diagnose me and treat me, who has no power to heal me, or do I give this gift to Paul? Because this is the issue. If I don't give this gift to Paul and God has a gift waiting on me, I have no room to receive what God wants to give me. Can I please God? Dang it. Can I? God. And, and he's broken and he's sick and his resources are light and they've sent Paul this big old gift. The church of Philippi trust him to be obedient to the call. But I, you know, can I get this? So I need healing, I need breakthrough, I need finance, I, I need, I need, I need, I need, I need it. And so I have a decision to make, and what, what Epaphroditus does is what we should all do. 
daily, consistently in our lives when it comes to God, when it comes to the gospel of Jesus, when it comes to the church, the kingdom of God, what we should always do is give what we have in our hands to those who need more than what we need. And what we do simultaneously when we give is we create room. Come on, God. Now give me my thing now, God. We create, we tap God's unlimited supply. We, I'm going to keep serving. I'm going to give consistent. I'm going to tithe. Y'all ain't clapping for this. It's okay. I've been tithing for 12 years. I know it worked. I'm going to serve the, oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, Jesus, you're so good. Here you go. God bless you. God bless you, Paul. Come on, God. I ain't done. I'm, I'm 40. I'm 50. I'm 60. I'm 70. I'm going to be serving God till I die. Come on, God. Come on, God. All right, God. That's enough. Woo. Woo. Made room for more. Made room for more. Bring up Philippians 4 again, that last couple verses. And this same God who takes care of me. So, so time out. Hold on. Hold on. Time God, God is taking care of Paul. I told you this was going to take you from here to here. You got to catch this. But he was using Epaphroditus as the means by which to get his resource to Paul. And this is the key. Whatever God wants to do on the earth, it has to pass through a human being. The question is, is are you willing to be that human being to be used of God? Are you selfless enough to be used of God? And it says this here, same God, now all glory forever and ever. Amen. So Epaphroditus was blessed being a represent, representative of the church in Philippi, they're going to be blessed. Philippians 2, you missed it a couple weeks ago. We missed it. Philippians 2, 25 through 28, it says this. Meanwhile, I thought I should send Epaphroditus back to you. You can stay there, God. He is a true brother, a co-worker, and a fellow soldier. And he was your messenger to me, to help me in my need. I am sending him because he has been longing to see you and he was very distressed that you heard he was ill. Watch this. Watch it, watch it, watch it. And he certainly was ill. In fact, he almost died. But God had mercy on him. See, the danger in in the illustration is this, is our small minds, even minds included, I'm not talking down at you, I'm with you in this. Our small minds will lead us to believe that the gifts that God wants to give are only financial and materialistic in nature. They're not. There was no amount of money, there was no amount of clothes, no amount of food that could have saved Epaphroditus. He needed a healing in his body. And so as he put others first, as he became one of a kind, as he got on the path to greatness, as he became the blessing, God had mercy on him and he received the healing that he needed to receive only from the hand of God. There are only things that God can give you 
But it's only when you're selfless enough to give what he's called you to give. Be it your time, your money, your treasure, your talents. And it says this here. Also on me so that I would not have sorrow after another. So I am all the more anxious to send him back to you. For I know you will be glad to see him. Then I will not be so worried about you. So we all can be blessed is what Paul is saying. Some of you have needs that God wants to supply. Joy, peace, deliverance, healing, financial breakthrough. And this is my final encouragement. If you would be the blessing, if you would set your heart on being the blessing, your life will never lack the blessing of God. Let's give it up for the word of God. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Let's go ahead and pray, church. Father, we love you. We give you all the praise and all the honor. We thank you for your word, Jesus. We thank you for your truth. God, I pray that you would give us the strength and the conviction to be the blessing. Be the blessing, God, as we seek to uh, address the deficiencies in our neighborhoods, in our homes, in our communities, in our schools, in our church. God, we pray that you would supply our every need. God, I thank you for every guest in here, God. I thank you for every believer and every non-believer, God. I pray a special blessing over them, Lord. I pray that they would have an encounter with you this week, a miraculous encounter. I pray, Lord, that you would manifest yourself in a very tangible way. God, I know that there are prayers of healing and financial breakthrough, Jesus. I know that there are prayers of uh, relationship restoration, God. God, I pray that you would move on the account of these individuals who are faithful, who have been giving, um, and who are praying. God, we thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, if you've never given your heart to Jesus, I want to use this as an opportunity. Church, your head should be bowed and praying. Uh, This is your day. Uh, God loves you. And just on the count of three, uh, we want to give you a chance to make Jesus your Savior. Your sins are forgiven. God wants to make your heart his home. And so on the count of three, you just raise that hand and raise it high. And we're going to pray with you as a church and celebrate with you. If you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you're coming back to him, God is waiting on you. On the count of three, raise that hand high. One, two, three. Raise that hand high. Coming back to the Lord. Coming back to the Lord. Well, praise God. Praise God.